Hello, my loves, and welcome back to another episode of the Little Scraps of Magic podcast. Today is a solo episode, and I'm telling a little story about the current circumstances of my life and how what first felt like a big shock and a big, oh my gosh, what is happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Became a wow this is happening for me and what an opportunity and what a gift and the universe and God and my guides know what is meant for me next and here I am open to the process ready to learn ready to be present and ready to make the most (laughs) of what is happening for me. So this episode is about awakenings, and while I will be sharing a bit about what's happening in real time in my life, I'm also going to be weaving in a bit about my, I'd call it my first awakening, at least in my, I don't know, am I midlife yet? I'm 35. (laughs) Um, I guess that's to be determined. Um, But the awakening, I, I call it my first awakening, my spiritual awakening, and If you've been a listener of this podcast, you definitely know now about how the birth of my second son, Everett, who is two and a half now, spurred on my spiritual awakening and created the path for me to do a lot of healing work in my life that has brought me so much magic, so much value, and the truest, most authentic expression of myself and participation in my life in these really raw, real, and beautiful ways. So I'm going to start with where I am in my life right now, Um, and that is I am about to embark on a new season, a new chapter, a chapter in which I am going to be rooting down very deeply into motherhood. It's almost four years into my business, not quite, maybe three and a half, but we're, we're closing in. We're getting close to four years. And one would think, okay, you're a few years in. This is the time when you are really beginning to have clarity and you're picking up momentum and you're on the upswing. You're making good money. You've got a good client base. Things are happening, right? You're moving upwards. And in many ways, this is true. I feel that the first couple years of my business, I, I, you know, I don't want to say I was throwing spaghetti at the wall or I was just uh, falling into whatever presented itself before me because that makes it sound haphazard. And I want to give myself some credit and say I was a good guide for myself through these last few years and yes being open to where the path was taking me in my business and how I was supporting others but also in listening to my soul and my heart and my intuition and really syncing up with my gifts and creating a career and offerings that complemented that however I really do feel it's been in the last year or two that I found my way to my soul's calling and the ways that I am showing up in the world and the ways that I am supporting clients and women. And that has been in supporting them through liminal spaces, through transitions, women who are calling in transformations, whether they have been in a very broken, fragmented, dark part of their life and holding them and helping them pick up the pieces there and creating and laying the foundation for this new structure, this new sacred temple that will be their life, or whether that's been women who feel like they're on the verge and the precipice of something really giant, like this beautiful wave of ascension and expansion. 
And, you know, prior to that, I was helping women start businesses, moms particularly start businesses because my community base on Instagram had been um, moms. I had begun my business as an Instagram account called Little Scraps of Magic, where I shared my Montessori-ish journey at home, raising my first son, Bruce, and created a beautiful community that way that left me in a wonderful position to start my business, which I first thought was going to be supporting moms, implementing Montessori at home and then digital events for moms to learn about childhood and self-development. And like I said, that pivoted into a business where I was supporting moms in launching their online businesses and then really fell in love with the mindset work of busting through those limiting beliefs, the inner critic, all of those things that can really prevent us from leaping forward into our dreams. And so over the years, it just became more and more zeroed in, I suppose, on that mindset, on that soul work and that spiritual work that we get to do when we are chasing our dreams and when we are hearing within our souls and our bodies that there is something more for us, something different. And so, like I said, I I like to give myself credit for the last few years, all of the time, even when I first started, right? Because I had a dream and a vision of supporting myself and my life and being flexible and full of freedom and where I could really cultivate my strengths and my gifts to their very highest power. And like I said, lately, I've really found myself in a sweet spot where I've just gotten clearer and clearer on my gifts and the ways that I like to show up in the world and create business offerings and Well, what I'll say too is, you know, when I started my business, I had this desire for it to be as passive as possible. (laughs) I thought I want to start a business so I can be with my children as much as possible. Child at the time, right? Because I had my first son and that was the huge catalyst in having me really throw aside the limiting beliefs and just get started. I had to spend more time with him. I had to create this, this business, this dream. And what I found was (laughs) while I got into the work I was doing, it fueled me. I found passion and purpose that I didn't know was possible in work. I thought that motherhood, that being a mom, it is my greatest gift and it is my greatest privilege and it is my most prized and treasured role, as I'm sure many moms would say. And what I found was my identity went so far beyond being a mom. There were other parts of me that wanted recognition, that wanted time, that wanted to be cultivated and brought to life. And so over the years, while I had started my business with the intention of working as little as possible, (laughs) I really began to to feel a need and a desire to work a bit more. And so while my initial hope was uh, find me a business and a job where I can work six hours a week or eight hours a week at max, I found myself, you know, even just in this last month, I've been up to about 24 hours or so of childcare, and then I still will find ways to work at nighttime when I when I have the energy and when I feel the call. Never out of force, which is quite a beautiful thing and quite a privilege. But I began to feel like I wanted to spend more time working and I I also began to find myself being triggered by my children um as I focused the last couple years on healing and um, through my spiritual awakening, through having my second son Everett and feeling the 
trauma that I'd repressed in my body for many years. And I'm talking little T trauma, not big T trauma, but just, you know, we all experience traumas in our life. And often I would just swallow and repress and would not express those uh, feelings. And over time, they came bubbling up, right? And that I came to the awareness that I needed to spend time healing them. And so the last couple years have been about me pouring into myself, about me nourishing myself back to a place of steadiness and balance and peace. And what I found was as I did that, there was a certain amount of time where it really enabled and empowered me to be a better mom, a stronger mom, a more present, confident, loving mom. And then something happened along the way where... I don't want to call it greedy or selfish because I don't believe it's greedy or selfish to take time for ourselves, but I felt this pull. It almost felt like my nervous system began wanting and craving more and more and more time by myself, more time away from my children, more time to pour into me. And um, I would find these moments where I would be so activated and so triggered by certain needs of my children that I would think things like, oh, all right, just kind of grit my teeth and get through this. I was so flush with support, which is so beautiful. And really the support that we've had for our children, it's come from grandparents and it's come from nannies and caretakers who have been just extraordinary. And so I would find myself kind of thinking, okay, just get through this time and then the next person's going to come in and and take over and support. you know. And so in this way, I was bypassing these triggers. I was bypassing any healing work that I was being called to do around my own childhood wounds or adult wounds, whatever it may be, because I would just rely upon the next person to come in and take over, right? And what's happened has been this. So we had had this beautiful, amazing, incredible unicorn of a woman um, as a nanny for the last month and a half or close to two months. And our children adore her. They love her. They tell her they love her. She is fun. She is sweet. She is gentle, patient, kind, everything you could want and more. She is someone who shines so incredibly bright. It's like she doesn't have a dimmer switch. And that that's kind of what created the circumstances that she took on our family because the way that she found out about our needs for a nanny was just magical and serendipitous. And it happened that the exact hours and times that we needed someone and the type of person we needed, I had written out this description, you know, asking for help again from my guides and from source, from universe in finding this person who would help take care of our children. And she felt so moved by what she saw that she was like, yes, I'm going to help this family. I'm going to come in. And because she utilized the hours that were the ones that had been dedicated to her, nurturing and nourishing herself and her peace, she burnt herself out in overextending herself to our family. And she very reluctantly and sadly informed us that she's going to have to step away. And I completely honor and respect all of the reasons she needed to and looking out for her spiritual and her emotional well-being, you know, you cannot fault somebody for that. And so my first response was shock and sadness and grief. And I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed and got so sad. And then 
within an hour, you know, what I started thinking is, gosh, how are we going to replace this beautiful person that our children love? Like, it's hard enough to find someone who can fill in the hours, you know, that you need. And then beyond that, that you love this person, that they love you, that your children love them, vice versa, all of those things. And then it's the next job of transitioning them into your family, right? So that's a delicate process that takes for our family a few weeks. And I just thought, how am I going to do this again? We just found her and we're never going to find someone. The children will just never love someone as much as they love this woman. And within an hour, it was this clear message from the universe of you are being called upon to sink more deeply into motherhood. The only person that can hold a candle to this woman is you, is their mother, right? And I say this from a place of great privilege that I have the opportunity to restructure my business and to cut back and to be in the position to be taking care of my children more. Um, and even coming from this place of great privilege it's at a time in our world where there is so much horror going on and you know, how can I, how could I for even a moment feel resistance to spending more time with my healthy children? Well, I did, right? Um, I'm in a safe space in my life. My needs are being met. And so the news at first felt like I felt really heartbroken and gutted. How am I going to, when am I going to have time for myself? How will I continue to grow my business? And I just didn't see how this would all fit. It just hurt. It just hurt. And it felt like I'm not going to be good enough for my children. I'm, I'm losing it on them here and there already. If I don't have time to myself, if I don't have time to cultivate my business, how am I going to be patient, loving, and present for them? But again, it was like this message. I feel very deeply connected to my maternal grandmother who I never met. She died at age 34 from leukemia. My mom was only 12 years old, my grandma Margaret, and I've, um, as I've been in my spiritual awakening and tapping into my intuitive gifts, my gifts as a conduit and a channel, I have made contact with her in different ways. And it just felt like she was there so strongly with me telling me, this is your time, honey. This is your time. This is what you wanted in the first place, right? This is why you started your business. And and you got that and you got to be with your kids a lot more these last few years than you would have if you'd continued on teaching. But now as Bruce, your oldest, is going to be entering school next year, you're going to have less time with him. This is the last year your little one, Everett, is going to be home full time before he starts this little part-time forest school next year. And this is your time to be present with these babies. This is your time to find the little scraps of magic in your family life and to cultivate that and create that with them. And so rather than looking for a replacement for this nanny, it's my time to step into my children's lives in a deeper way. And this leads me to a couple things. So it leads me to want to tell you about my first awakening, my spiritual awakening after the birth of Everett two and a half years ago when that whole healing journey began, because that put me in the place to be in line, to be open to being on this next journey and my next awakening. I don't know what this awakening is. Is it a deeper level of a spiritual awakening? Is it a motherhood awakening? Is it a purpose awakening? Is it a soul's awakening? I'm not sure, but I know an awakening is coming. And what is an awakening anyway? 
I mean, you listen to the word, right? Awaken. You awaken. What happens when we wake up in the morning? We are lifted out of a dream state and we are brought to life again, where we get to make choices through the day and take actions that will define us, that will support ourselves, that will support others, that if you look at the meaning and purpose of life from my mind, it's to spread love throughout the universe, to create a ripple effect that allows our lights to shine brighter, right? And so when we talk about this term of awakening, it's this feeling of you are getting another chance, another chance at existing at a higher level. You're getting this invitation and this opportunity to be so present and engaged with and rich in your life, right? And so that's what an awakening means to me. It's like being shaken up, allowing things to be shaken up. It's a time when you let go of and release baggage and sludge and stuck energy that has been weighing you down and keeping you from your highest self. And you get this opportunity to learn these lessons and integrate them so that you can become an even better human being and so that you can enjoy your life and parts of it in richer, more profound ways. And so it feels like, I am being given this invitation to, okay, you have been pouring so deeply into yourself, Stephanie, and now it's your opportunity to take everything you've learned and you have become this even more grounded, rooted, joyful person. And you get to bring that into your life as a mom, right? In many ways, I feel that I have fallen away from some of my spiritual practices and the ways in which I participate in my relationships. It's almost like my clients or the women who come to my circles or the women who come to my retreats, they're the ones that get the best of me. They're the ones that get the most grounded version of me. They're the ones that get the most healed, transformed version of me. And then my family gets what's left over. And so it's this is my opportunity to bring my healing and to bring the best version of myself into all these other parts of my life, right? I'm only being my best self a fraction of the time. And when I say best self, it doesn't mean I always have to be perfect. I don't mean when I'm my highest self, I have to be turned on all the time and I have to be patient 100% of the time. But it's this different way of engaging. It's this different way of being open to supporting others and being there for others in being patient with myself and with those around me. And so it's because of my first spiritual awakening, my first awakening where I did pour into myself and I did nurture and nourish myself so much that it's like the universe is like, okay, you're ready now. You're so well equipped with all of these tools and resources. You had this beautiful time to pour into you. And now you are this transformed version of you and you're able to now you're ready to take on the next awakening you are in the position where you're going to yes be challenged right by your kids <laughs> by what it means to be a mom who is with her children supporting them serving them healing them in all these ways that can be really draining, really exhausting. I'm not entering this experience in this idyllic way thinking it's all going to be so perfect, right? I know it's going to be really hard. There's a lot of fear involved in this. It's a privilege. I am extremely excited and exhilarated by this new path that I find before me, but that is not to say it doesn't come with some reservations. Um, but it really truly feels like I'm being offered this opportunity and this path because I did the work the last couple of years. And so it's like, you're now ready to do this next layer. And through this experience, through this journey, 
you're going to come out again this even more evolved transform magical person you know it's funny because i think that awakenings invite us to participate to come awake to parts of ourselves and parts of our lives that we've held fear or resistance around my first awakening after having my son everett it brought to light all of the ways that I had disassociated from myself, all of the ways that I had kept myself numb, all the ways that I had resisted getting to know who I was at my core. And I don't know for what reason that scared me. I suppose it goes all back to societal conditioning, right? To this theory or this idea that when we are honest about our feelings, we are holding people back, we are creating turbulence, we are rocking the boat, we're slowing things down. And we live in a society that prizes efficiency and productivity. And so anything that slows that down feels like a hindrance to us in many ways. And so, like I said, my first awakening, it brought to light these ways that I had repressed my true self. And there is fear in bringing those parts of ourselves alive. We may fear judgment. There may be subconscious blocks and subconscious reasons why we hold that fear. But the main point being, it's there. And there's resistance to work through. And so my first awakening was about accepting that I had feelings. It was about allowing myself to feel them without seeing myself as weak as a complainer, as a crybaby. You know, I mean, these were kind of things that I associated with taking up space with your emotions. And it's interesting because my mom was very supportive, very caring in terms of helping me to understand my emotions and give me safe space to practice them. Um, I think sometimes I saw her big emotions and it scared me, right? She would lay that example. Um, and she's a person, she's not entirely perfect. So, you know, there may have been times when I felt that because she had her big emotions, I didn't feel like there was space for my own, even given her best laid intentions and the beautiful groundwork that she did lay for me in identifying feelings and expressing them in safe ways and safe places. And so I was resistant to honoring my emotions, to naming them, to um, bolstering them, to linking arms, joining hands with my emotions and seeing them through. And now I found myself too at this next precipice, at this next invitation to an awakening to step into my role as a present, patient, gentle, magical, loving, kind mom. Again, resistance, resistance of, oh, do I want to spend all my time serving my children is definitely the first thing that went through my, my head. You know, you think of all of the ways in which parents are asked to respond to their children and the ways that they're asked to support them. Um, the things that they need us to get for them, the ways that they can speak to us. And it's our job to support them and teach them how to speak in ways that are respectful, that are kind, that are loving, right? And um, it can get really overwhelming when we feel that it's not being done for us. And, and they're our children, so it's our job to model, but it still can feel like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm being talked to in this way all day, um, being run ragged and... 
ugh, like really? I need to keep being patient and keep modeling again and again that this is the way we treat people and this is how we move through our lives and, and the world. And so having this idea that, wow, my days are going to be spent not nurturing my children for a couple of hours in the morning as I've been doing. We have these lovely slow mornings and that felt like enough to me in many ways. And then I'd get them off to the next place or the next person. And then still I'd stop working much earlier than your typical nine to five and receive my children and still have them for a couple of hours. But I'd have had that time to myself. And so again, this invitation is asking me to work with myself, on my patience, on my ability to be present and find magic in the mundane. Because while there is so much magic in the eyes of children, we know too that some of some of our time with them can feel repetitive, can feel redundant, can feel really exhausting, and it can feel dulling to the senses, or it can feel overwhelming to the senses. And so it's this, um, yeah, this is going to be your life now. This is going to be what you're going to be doing for most of your waking hours. So going down from the 24 or so hours of childcare per week down to about eight hours per week where I have to pour into myself to take care of my body, to take care of my spirituality, and to... Um, have some semblance of my business because it is important to me it is a part of me and it's something that I am keeping it's not something that while I step into this next chapter of my life and being a more present mom that I'm I'm letting go of all of my business it's scaling back it's actually this invitation to see what is truly important to me and so While we feel resistance around these awakenings because they are asking us to heal and to look at and to spend time with parts of ourselves that we don't know a lot about. And and bottom line, we can be scared to dive into things we don't know a lot about. Our brains are wired to keep us safe, right? They want to protect us from emotional and physical risk or vulnerability. And so anything that we don't know about feels dangerous, feels scary. Our brain can't really differentiate between life and death situations. It just feels like there's a risk here. Okay, the brain wants to fight, flight, freeze, fawn, any of these other responses. And so how do we work through that resistance? How do we put ourselves in a position to feel that we trust the universe, that we trust the path, that we trust ourselves, right? That this isn't a It's happening to me, but instead of happening for me, that this is a gift, that this is an opportunity. And I think that goes with the ability to surrender. It goes with the ability to let go of the idea that you have control over everything. We like to have our calendars and our schedules, some people more than others. I'm more of a go free with the wind kind of a gal, but there is still these areas of my life where I like to believe that I have control, that that what I planned is what is going to happen. <laughs> and being able to surrender is not an easy thing either. Uh, for me, learning to surrender actually came, and it doesn't have to come this way for everyone, but for me it came from being in the dark space after the birth of my second son. It was going into postpartum depression and rage and feeling so lost that it was I had to throw my hands up and say, okay, 
I don't have control here. (laughs) I can't keep pretending or trying to be this version of myself that I used to be and think that eventually it's going to fall into place again. Something here is out of alignment. And so for me, it was knowing there was misalignment and then trusting that, trusting that feeling and letting go, releasing control. And again, that word surrender. And then when I was able to surrender, I could see how things were working out, how even the hard parts, even the really big challenges and obstacles, that they were actually there because I was ready to handle them, because I, I was being asked to learn new things and to move through life in some different ways, to shed some old habits, patterns, and beliefs. And I think everyone has to arrive at that place on their own, right? I can't tell you this is how you surrender. I can give permission. It's not my job to give anyone permission. It's your job to give yourself permission. But I do know that many people appreciate hearing from someone else, yeah, it's okay, right? This is what happened for me and this is what I've learned and the people that I've worked with that you can let go and everything is going to be okay. It doesn't mean that we never try. It doesn't mean that we never seek to to have some semblance of control, to make plans, to work hard, because we do. And a lot of that does work out. It doesn't always work out according to plan, but if we never made those plans, then nothing would work out the way it was meant to, right? We do have to tell the universe, hey, this is what I want. This is what I'm prepared to do. This is how I'd like to cue it up. And then in many cases, we have to surrender that illusion that it's all going to go the way that we plan. And we have to just say, okay, I'm going to remain open to the way that it unfolds and trust that I'm going to be able to rise to the occasion. And rising to the occasion doesn't always look like a superhero wearing a cape. Rising to the occasion can look like you falling to your knees, tears streaming down your face, begging God or the universe to help see you through. There are different ways that we rise. Sometimes it takes falling before we can rise. And so if you are a person who feels like you are on the verge of an awakening, I am here to tell you to surrender to that and to be open. The questions that I love to ask myself are where is the gift? What opportunity is here? What am I being called upon to grow into and to learn? How is this working for me? Right? It was those questions that enabled me to very quickly step into line with the news of our childcare basically being wiped out. Right, It was those questions that enabled me to step into this next season and this next chapter with deep reverence and deep trust for myself, with exhilaration, with excitement, and with gratitude. You know, the first moment was, why is this happening to me? And then it's become, within two weeks, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the way that this is panning out. And it's going to invite me, that for my particular next step here, it's going to invite me to be more creative in the ways that I work my business. You know, I, I probably was getting into some systems and patterns that weren't necessarily working for my energy levels, but because it's what I had grown accustomed to, it's what I continued to do. And if I'm totally honest with myself, in the last several months, I have felt some stagnance in my growth and in my connection to my my work and my career. And I always know when that happens, it's because 
an awakening is coming. Something is coming in to create a shift so that I can realign and again, rise up and become a perfect energetic match for what wants to come my way and really what I want to invite in too, right? So I need to step back and I need to invite some other aspects of my life, some other people, some other experiences into my life that are going to allow me to find this new space of alignment so that I can step into the next chapter of my life in this true authentic way so that I don't just continue to try to cling on to a version of me that I'd grown very fond of, (laughs) that I admire a lot, that I've had some beautiful, soul-shaking, gorgeous, stunning moments with, right? I want to hold on to that. But we change and we evolve. And it's like it's like trying to hold on to water. You know, it's just going to keep slipping through your fingers. And, and, and so it's about allowing your life to flow. You cannot hold on to water. It's going to continue to flow in whichever way it's going to. And your life is going to keep moving. And if we try to keep clutching on to things in this very specific way that we've grown used to, then we're fighting nature. And I don't like to fight nature. (laughs) I like to learn from nature. That's really, you know, that was the beginning of a lot of this this iteration of the life that I'm in right now was me being open to seeing mother nature and the cycles that she works in with the moon, with the seasons, with weather patterns. Like there are so many different cycles that we can look to. And it was in seeing all of that, that I could accept all of the seasons and cycles of my own life. The times I'm being called upon to slow down, the times when I'm being called upon to hibernate and go inward and be still and quiet, not show outward productivity. And that's what awakenings are for, too. It's like it's shaking things up and it's saying, okay, stop, stop. You're trying to go on in this very specific way and it's looking calculated and that's not how you're meant to live. Another change is coming. You're an evolved human and this is the way that you're going to learn the next set of lessons. This is the way you're going to reach your destiny and the path that you want is by rising to these challenges and these occasions and looking at them with deep gratitude. I think I mentioned at the top of the show that I was going to talk more about my first awakening and it doesn't feel right to slip that in again here. I think I've alluded to enough of what happened at that time in my life a couple years ago that I did make a lot of shifts. I talk more about it in episode one. So if you are wanting a refresher or maybe you didn't hear episode one and you're wanting to know a little bit more about what happened at that time in my life, I do cover that there. So this feels like a really beautiful place to stop and... I would invite you, if you are feeling like you are in a space in your life where things are about to shift, asking yourself, what am I trying to maintain control of? What am I trying to keep the same? And then what does it feel like I'm being called upon to learn next? What lessons feel like they're tapping on my shoulder, breathing down my neck, right? It can sort of feel like we're being stalked or haunted at first. It's not always welcome when those changes are coming for us. But being open to hearing those messages, when we're open, it can make the process so much easier. You know, when I look back at my first awakening after having Everett, it was really hard. There was a lot of grief and sobbing and screaming and just so much, so much that was involved in that. And this next one, I can't tell you exactly how it's going to go. I'll keep you posted. But it already feels like such a gentler version 
And that doesn't mean every awakening and every change that's going to come my way will feel more gentle because I've done the work, right? Um, there are going to be some that come in my life that I know will will drop me to my knees again. But I do feel that because I have nurtured and nourished myself so much over the last couple of years that this next awakening that's coming, I'm entering it with peace and trust. And I already feel lighter about it. You know, I don't feel like there is the same amount of grief involved in grieving the part of myself that I have to say goodbye to. Because I think that's the other thing about awakenings. They call upon us to lay something to rest. It calls upon us to die in some way. A part of us has to die so that we can be reborn so that a new version of ourselves can come to life. And perhaps that's another reason we're so resistant to awakening, right? Because we're not always ready to let go. But when we have been through it before and we can see that, wow, sometimes riding these waves with ultimate trust it really does open us up to a more beautiful present and future. And so because I have seen that and I've seen it recently, I feel excited. Yes, still a little fearful because traumas will resurface and I know there will be emotions that will be tough to work through. There are going to be things that I'm going to be asked to learn. You know, I'm going to feel like a novice in many ways in parts of my life. And that's scary, but I'm also excited because I know this incredible version of me that I don't know yet, that she's waiting for me on the other side of this. And she's waiting for my children on the other side of this. And they're going to know her. <laughs> and she's going to be even better than I am right now. So sending love to all of you who may be on the verge of an awakening all of you who may be working through one right now and to those of you who have just come out on the other side feeling renewed feeling regenerated stay tuned for more of my life stories <laughs> um, as much as i love to interview guests and provide meditations here for you i do love doing solo episodes and it's always my aim to be authentic and share my truth because i always know that through learning and hearing the truths of others i have grown and felt such deep support and it is my aim to offer that to you too so thanks for listening today and happy awakening. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. It's such an honor to be invited into your space. If you love today's show, subscribe and leave a review so you don't miss a thing. And if you're looking for more in-depth support in your life, if you're seeking to be held and inspired for your growth, I do offer one-on-one -on -one EFT or tapping sessions, spiritual life coaching, and other group programs. I always am talking about these on my Instagram, which is Steph, S-T-E-P-H dot Traska, T-R-Z-A-S-K-A, and also on my website, littlescrapsofmagic.com. So please wander over to either of those platforms and see how I can support you more deeply. Until next time, keep looking for those little scraps of magic. Thank you.